Welcome to episode three of the Tabletop for Two podcast. I'm your host, well, one of your hosts, Brad Van Vutt. And I'm your other host, Emily Van Vutt. So uh, this week we are chatting about our favorite, what we like to call nap time games, because uh, we have a 16-month-old son, and uh, during the daytime when he is awake, it's obviously very difficult to play, uh, but occasionally he goes down for a nap, and then it's a, a quick rush to the table to get something played. Yeah, it's pretty pretty fun trying to figure out which ones we can fit into. Yep. So we have a we have a solid list for those, uh for those of you that are in similar circumstances that we'll uh we'll share later. Uh but let's start off uh real quick just by letting us letting you guys know where you can find us. Um we are on Facebook, uh on Twitter and on Instagram as well. All at tabletop for two. Indeed. And uh we finally got our iTunes issues sorted out so Yay! you can find us on iTunes and subscribe and Leave us a five-star review. And, Apple, uh, Apple finally got their ish together. They did. They did. And uh, we're also, uh, you can get to us through Podbean. Uh, we're on Stitcher Radio. And you can uh, you can subscribe using any podcast service of your choice. And then lastly, uh, we are affiliated with the Nerdpocalypse Studios network of shows. Uh, make sure you check those guys, out, go, those guys out and become a premium member to get uh, some of the uh, exclusive shows. That like No that Time well. to Bleed. No That's bleed. my favorite. It's a good one. <laughs> It's hilarious. You, have, you lis- have you listened to Airing Grievances at all? No, I haven't listened okay, to that I'm one gonna yet. I'm going to have to get you, okay. get you t- tuned into that because it's pretty funny. <laughs> pretty funny stuff. So uh, so that's where you can find us. So this first game uh, that we're going to talk about is not a two-player game whatsoever. But we actually recently, we organized a day and we got a babysitter and the whole nine because we played a Game of Thrones, the board game. And, uh, yeah, it was quite the event. <laughs> so you had never played this before. I've played. You played once. The first edition. Yeah. This, this is the more, this is the newly revised, uh, second edition that came out like four years ago or something like that from FFG. Um, a lot of fun though. A lot of yes, fun. Uh, very much fun. We had the full six player count. Right? Which you, yeah, which you kind of, I've in doing research, I've heard that if you just have the base, like just the regular game by itself, that really is the count that you need you need six to do that yeah and uh i, I gotta tell you i so so our friend dan uh who's playing the gray joy character end up winning the whole thing and i blame i blame emily for it completely why do you blame me for it because i was fighting i, I was lannister um emily was martell and my friend jason was the tyrell player who starts the game south of the Lannister starting location and west of the Martell starting location and I was trying to bring some me and the Greyjoy player formed a convenient alliance that I that I would not go into the north and he would not cross down below uh below uh Pike basically and so I was counting on you to come up on Jason Jason from the southern front so that he wouldn't be able to form a defense against me I had my own plans there Van Vutt and it did not include you I don't know what your plans were because you kept kind of shooting up the coast to get well, the Baratheon player. I couldn't player. get it rolling. Yeah. I tried. I couldn't get it rolling. Hey, I still had more castles than you did. You did. You certainly did. It was fun, though. Like I said, Game of, Game of Thrones, for those of you that never played, um, it's it's an area control game at its core. It's basically diplomacy with more 
things essentially and you get to fight and you get all kinds of cool little tokens you do <laughs> like the piece the pieces in the second edition are really nice they're these like um like marbled plastic to- pieces basically and if you guys follow us on any of our pages you'll see i posted a picture of the giant sword that our friend dan brought over yep it was pretty epic i gotta say <laughs> so but it's fun um definitely something that i'd like to do if you have two other couples that you regularly game with that would be down for such a uh, heavy affair i mean it is long i mean i think we played the the game that we played ended in the fifth round and, and i it think was it was like three and a half, and hours, half hours, yeah. hours i think yeah which is i mean for that game that's pretty pretty par for the course it can go up to 10 rounds um if there's no clear winner i mean that we, point. we blocked out our time with our babysitter for like five hours so yeah so but it was good like i said it's something that you know we won't get to do often but but it was still very fun to uh to get to experience that very much so yeah and i i know that i was excited to see how you would take to it because i know that um you hadn't really played anything quite like that to no, this point rune I, wars was similar though when we played rune wars against I each other you. you did beat me in rune wars <laughs> but uh i thought to your chagrin i think rune wars also has like game of thrones is easier to teach people because rune wars has a lot more there's a lot going, going on. on you have yeah. to be an experienced gamer for rune wars you yeah. really do it's i mean rune wars is almost even like a fantasy version of something like twilight imperium almost to some extent i mean i've never played twilight imperium neither have i for that matter but uh i know not of which you speak sir yeah but game of thrones i think is a little bit more digestible um even for not not as experienced gamers because our friend jason um is wasn't is not a widely versed gamer and he was doing fine by the time we got to like round two or round three essentially so pretty mm-hmm. good stuff uh Actually, we've been playing Paperbacks, one of our one of our favorite little deck builders that we've gotten. Yeah, pa- Paperbacks, really good. <laughs> uh, if you guys have played Quiddler, it's like Quiddler but better. Yeah. So, well, so so Quiddler Quiddler is basically it's gin rummy, it's but it's a word Scrabble game rummy. essentially. Yeah. Can we just call it Scrabble rummy? That's that's fine. I mean, it's I mean Scrabble is the word game, so yes. I mean I guess so you it's know, Scrabble call rummy. It that. Um. Paperback's cool too because it's actually it's it's self published by a, the gentleman who designed it. His name is Tim Fowers, who also um, did Walkstar. For those of you who are familiar with that game, and uh, but Paperback is a deck building game, which is a word game. Um, so basically, you have a deck of cards. You get the um, the common consonants in your starting deck, mm-hmm. the R S T L N L and N, and then you also get five wild cards, and each. So on your turn, you try to form a word with the cards that are in your hand, and each card has a printed po- uh, point value, basically, which is how many, how Monetary much money. Value. It, yeah, so it's one cent or two cents or three cents, which and is how much the each letter is worth. Yeah, and you use it to buy new cards so that you can make better words and get uh, more money because there are a group of um, they're victory point victory cards, point yeah. cards, and uh, you have to buy them throughout the game. How many? Uh, I mean, it's going to depend on the player count. I mean, for for two players, there's there's four different denominations of victory point cards, and when two of those stacks gets emptied, the the game is over. Um, and it's cool too because the different cards that you acquire are different letters. Um, there are some two letter cards that are worth more points. Um, also, there's um, there's a common letter that everyone can yes. use whenever um, throughout the game, and if you make a word worth Sir, that is so many letters long you will gain that common letter and then there'll be a new common letter yeah and, the, and those common letter cards are actually worth points at the end of the game mm-hmm. as well 
Um, so they're like scoring cards too. It's just it's it's interesting, and and some of the letter cards have like special abilities on them. Like if if you use that letter as the first letter in the word, it might be worth extra money, or you'll get an extra card next hand. Stuff yeah, like stuff that. like that. So really interesting, really like tightly designed game. Um, there's a lot of small. It's a lot of game for a little box. It is. I mean, I mean, literally the box is just like this this small box of two hundred cards and dividers. And it and very it. much scratches my nerd itch with the books because when you stand it up on the end, it has book spines and it's wonderful. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> like I said, it's very, the game's very, like it's for a game that's not thematic, like it, it's designed, like the art's pretty cool. The victory point cards are like these pulp comic book covers basically, or, or co- like pulp movie posters, that kind of thing. Well, I guess they'd be novels, or like I guess. Trashy romance they, novels. Yeah, I guess they'd be that in the, in the first place. Um, Wait, what's her name? Uh, Paige, Paige Turner. Turner yes. Yeah, Paige <laughs> Turner is the main author character in the game, of course. <laughs> um, very, uh, very original. But it's cool. But for I mean, for for the box that you get, I think it was like thirty bucks. You can buy it directly from Tim Fowler's website. He's like I said, he self publishes it. You get a lot of variants. Like there's um there's like attack cards that you can put into the game. We actually used theme cards this time, mm-hmm. which is very cool. If you make a word within that theme, you get the card, and it kind of passes back and forth. And whoever has it at the end of the game gets the point. Yeah, it gets a point bonus. So it's it's really great. I mean, it's you know it's you know we love deck building games and this one is just designed very well i'm i was surprised that i guess no one had thought before this game came out to do like a deck building game around words and it's probably i mean i it's probably my favorite word game i would think at this point yeah i'd, I'd have to agree quiddler's pretty it. good too but but i think i might like this one just a quiddler's just fun a with your more. grandparents quiddler's fun because you can play it with a larger <laughs> larger count of people like this one maxes out at four players, but or five players, but Quiddler yes, has but a don't, little wider range. But don't play Quiddler with too many people; it gets too much. It can be, can be for sure. Um, another game that we've received recently um, is Eminent Domain Microcosm, which was on Kickstarter, uh, designed by Seth Jaffe. It's basically a Eminent Domain micro game because the the game consists of I think it's twenty six cards, and that's literally all there is. Now. We've actually been playing this for a while because um, as soon as we backed it, we got the yeah, print we got and the play. print and play, and we've been messing with it for a while. It's a pretty good game. Um, captures some of the feel of Eminent Domain while still feeling like a a very different experience, I'd say. So the the way it works here, um, there's all sorts of roll cards in the game basically, and each card has one of the eminent domain rolls on it so there's survey and warfare and colonize and research etc and on your turn you pick there, there's a row of three cards that are available to draft from and you pick one of those three cards and add it to your hand and then you can either play one of the cards out of your hand using its roll bonus basically or you can pick up the cards in your discard pile and you say well, why would you want to do that well because each of the cards also has symbols on it that will boost the rolls so like when you play a card that says warfare, which is basically attacking another planet to capture it, um, you have to support that with by revealing a certain number of warfare symbols from the cards that are in your hand, essentially. So it, it kind of boils them in a domain down to a very, you know, like a 20 minute experience. Um, and it's, it's specifically for two players, which is kind of cool. The thing that I like the most about it is that the cards that are in the game are literally, they do everything. They're the boosts for your rolls. They're the rolls themselves, but they're also the victory points that you score at the end of the game because every card in the top right corner 
has a victory point condition, condition for the end of the game, essentially. And, and that's just as important when you're drafting cards as what the card actually does itself. Uh, the next one we've actually is another print and play. Uh, we actually, I think it just funded today. In it did fact. just fund today. Uh, it's yeah. called Matainai. It is, I, I don't even know what you would call I know it's a card game, but. <laughs> well, it's, it's sort of like in that same um, like action selection vein. Um, so for those unfamiliar, uh, Matainai is designed by Carl Chudik, um, probably most famously known for Glory to Rome, which is a game that is nigh impossible to find at this point it's one i saw on a list and i was like oh honey let's play that and he's like yeah good luck finding it <laughs> so, i mean i've like i've been on the lookout like i'll even i would even accept the the wackadoo art version on on the original yeah, release it's, and it's kind of oh well, yeah yeah but even, but even that is like over 50 dollars for this you know card game that has 100 cards in it that's basically the only supplies but anyway like this game i will tell you at first when we started playing it i did not like it because i had i i was trying to understand and i just felt like i couldn't get it but then about halfway through the game it clicked and i was like okay we're good yeah <laughs> this is one um so basically asmati is the the company that's producing it and it's been described as the spiritual successor to glory to Rome, because unfortunately since nobody can get the rights for glory to Rome from the guy who owned them previously, they're forced to just redesign the game. And, and Chuddick's done this before. Um, there was a game that came out a few years ago called Uchronia. That was somewhat of a sequel to glory to Rome as well. That um, was fairly well received, but this one, it's like, another one of those ones where the cards kind of do everything. Yeah. The cards are used for everything. So, and it's cool because the cards have so they're they're all the cards are like a work of some kind like it might be like a statue or a table a or paper airplane yeah stuff like that and then they're also materials or paper, they're stone, yeah such and such yes or they are a task of some kind and on your turn you take one of the cards at your hand and basically use it for the task that it provides and then you also can use the tasks that other players put down on their previous turn so like It'll have like, you know, the smithing task allows you to craft a card from your hand and put it into your like tableau area or the um, what is it? The potter lets you get materials from, from the center of the from table, the, the middle pool. Yeah. Yes. Which which you can then use to help you craft stuff later on. Um, and, and much like in Glory Room, you can get cards and use them as assistance, which will make your tasks more effective um, when you perform that certain one. I like the game a lot personally. I've never played Glory to Rome. Um, people, you act like I have. I know, but I'm saying, but I, <laughs> like people that I've taught that I've read about online that have talked about it say that the two games are pretty similar. I think the thing that I like about this game the most, though, is that when you take a card out of your hand and use it as a task, it will never be able to be used for the work that it is. Like, like once the card becomes a task on your, on future turns, it kind of gets discarded out to the center of the table where it can then either become a material or it can become an assistant, but it will never be that work ever again. So like when you put that task down, you really have to like look long and hard and, and, and see if it's choose. worth it to, to use it for that because you're never going to get that work back right. for the rest of the game, which leads to some tough decisions. Um, it's, it's a typical shut it game where the rules are a little obtuse when you, <laughs> when you first look at it. 
but it makes sense as you go. Like I'm one of those ones. Brad likes to sit there and explain everything to me. I'm one of those ones like just shut up and let's play. I'm better off if I just try and jump in and learn it as we're going. But yeah, this one was. (laughs) This one one burned my brain a little bit. But you like it, right? Like we've only played it the one time. Yeah, I do. Like I said, after I understood what that what the heck I was doing, I was like, okay, I get it. Now we're good. Okay. So like I said, it it did just fund on Kickstarter. Um so we will have it in our hands by I think they said like August or September is the date for that. We'll see. I mean it's just a deck of cards. I can't imagine it would take that long to print. I mean I well, think they, well, I think they already have all the well, all the proofs done. You know how some Kickstarter projects go. Well, I know. I'll just leave it at that. I'm I know, not gonna I know. I'm not gonna go into what we're talking about. But basically, we <laughs> what she's alluding to is we got a Kickstarter project that we've been waiting on for well over a year at this point. So yeah, it was supposed to come it's been a little last delayed. April, April 2014, and it is now June 2015. But we have it, and it's good. But we have it, and it's wonderful, yeah. and it does exactly what it was supposed to do. I'm just mad that it took so long to get here. Yep. But <laughs> so, but my time is so like if if you haven't for some reason heard of this and you enjoy glory to rome i would definitely give it a look i know the print and play um the game funded enough that they said the print and play version of the game will be free forever so even if you didn't get a chance to pledge um, so you can go print that print out. It out and yeah. give it a try it's, it's like 54 cards it's not even really that much to yep. to print out and mess with we also have been playing doomtown reloaded um this is one that we actually we were at the store and i said hey what's that game and he explained it to me i was like we're gonna get it and he's just like really i'm like yep well, the, which is good for me. So, so little background for me. I the one of the games that when I started kind of looking into hobby gaming a little bit more that really scratched my scratching itch for me. And I think I talked about this in the first episode that we did. Um, Android Netrunner. I got hugely into, and Emily did not like it at all. No. So, but I, I mean, but I stuck with it for a while, played it competitively, um, and then it just got to a point where, unfortunately. Life, you know, life in gets way. in the way, you know, I'm, you know, on my days off from work where I used to go down to, you know, my FLGS and play it. I'm watching my son instead, which is great because I love my son. He's awesome. But it also means that I'm not playing Netrunner. So I ended up selling my whole Netrunner set of cards, which made me very sad. But then again, we reinvested we several turned awesome it into games, like so. 10 games, didn't we? Yeah, so no complaints <laughs> there. Um, but I, I feel like I have to have an LCG in my life because I, I love the. I love the the system of LCGs. Like it's the best. It's all the best parts of collectible card games. Well, and this one I can get down with the theme a little bit more because I I don't know. I just love something about the Western theme stuff. Well, this is like a like an like an alt universe Western theme too because there's magic and there's um you know like gadgets ma- gadgets and mad scientists and stuff like that. Um, but I I like I'm so enthralled by the idea of LCGs um that I really made it a point that I wanted to find one that that Emily would like as well. And this one seems to be doing the trick so far. Like I said, we just need to play more because I need to learn. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, I'm not quite up to snuff. Like I said, you've had all those rounds and rounds and rounds of Netrunner under your belt. And yeah. I'm I'm still learning. Like I said, I'd like to actually be able to build my own deck one day. Yeah, do and hopefully so, kick your butt because yeah, I can't seem to. To give a to give a brief synopsis to the gameplay, essentially you have a deck of cards. Um, and in that deck of cards, you're going to have some locations, 
and you'll have dudes, dudes which are which are people basically, and you uh, get gadgets and, and items and stuff yeah. like that, and you have um, event cards as well that you play. And the goal is your, your dudes that you have give you influence in the town. The town's called Gamora, which is which is cool. Um, you have dudes that give you influence, and then your locations give you control. And the way that you win the game is to have more control then your opponent has influence. So basically you want to hold down your own locations and steal some of theirs while also eliminating their dudes as well in order to get off the map. Sounds simple, um, but there are a lot of very obtuse, like really hard to grasp rules that are in the game. Because I, I like with a card game, yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot of rules. The thing that is brilliant about Doomtown, though, is that combat when you basically roll up on somebody and call them out and they can, you, you form get a, posse. To have a posse. Yeah. You form That's a posse and they thing. form posse and you have a gunfight. But the way that combat is resolved is, is by playing poker, poker <laughs> which is great. So like when you have a combat, like you literally draw a hand of cards and you try to make the best poker hand that you can. But that's where the brilliance of the game is because when you're building a deck, not only do you have to consider the cards for what they actually do in the game, but you have to keep in mind their poker values as well because you need to be able to form high-ranking poker hands in order to have success in these duels, basically, so that you don't get your 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 legion of, of dudes wiped out in these gunfights, basically. And that's mind-blowingly awesome. Yeah, and you got to watch too because there's uh you can have cheating hands yeah. and you can have multiple of the same card in the same hand, but if your other opponent might have cards that say if they reveal a cheating hand, you get this and this and this and this happens. And yeah, there's basically because so because it's, it's wonderful. Yeah, I because love cards it. <laughs> share value because like the highest hand that you could have well, not not the highest hand, but the second highest hand is five of a kind. You're like, yeah. well, how the hell can you do five of a kind? Well, it's by cheating because you can load your deck up with yeah. you know, multiples <laughs> of the same card, essentially, and then throw them out there, which is, it, like I said, it's, it's really neat. Um, we haven't dived into the game enough to really start deck building yet, which is where you know the fun comes in LCGs like a lot said, of the time. I would love to be able to do that so mm-hmm. that I can build a deck and you don't know what's coming. Well, I'm just, I'm excited enough that you are interested by the game to want to to learn it that much because like i said netrunner went over like like, like nothing with you a wet fart in church there you go <laughs> <laughs> so which you did not care for very much i just i couldn't uh, i don't know what it was i just could not get down with it no matter well, and, what and neither did. of us liked the um star wars lcg which we also tried way back when when it first came out so that was not down. I, I still want to play. I'm, I'm last night. Uh, I watched the video for the Game of Thrones LCG, and you seem to be someone intrigued by that. There's a second uh, edition coming out. I love the card games, hon. Yeah, there's a second. There's a second edition coming out this. We fall also tried the, the Lord so. of the Rings card game, and that just kind of it's a different experience. It, though it that just one's kind of com- fell flat with us. Yeah, that one's a that one's cooperative. Actually, like it's actually a co-op game. Um, but yeah, it just didn't jive. But uh, yeah. but yeah, Doomtown's good. Um like it quite a bit um and look forward to exploring a lot more but if you are um if you are looking for an lcg um especially as a couple and just want something to to check out i would recommend seeing it you can get a copy for probably like 20 28 or 29 dollars i would think yeah from online so we actually just bought a second core set because we knew we were going to need it <laughs> yep yeah because yeah because when the core set only gives you two of each uh 
of each card and you can have up to four so it's you know if you get into it enough it's worth buying a second one to to check that out so uh but yeah that's what we've been playing this week so uh take a brief break and uh, when we come back we're going to talk about the games that we play when the baby goes to sleep so stay tuned And we're back and we're going to be talking about nap time games for us. So this this is a this is a uh, class of game that we sort of had to invent uh, because we wanted to play games during the daytime. But with a toddler running around, it can be very difficult. But eventually he goes to sleep yes. momentarily. And I swear to God, every time it happens like your reaction is always like all right he goes down all right quick let's get to the table get something set up and go so when i when i see the term nap time game what is what is your definition of that a nap time game to me is something that once i put him down we can set up play a full out game you know and then he's waking up by the time it's done i mean we're going to have to clean up when he's done but i'd say probably roughly an hour yeah cuz our kid is a weirdo. I'm just going to tell you. He used to just take one nap, 45 minutes. We've slowly been creeping up to now we're to the two hour mark. So we might be able to get in two games <laughs> yeah, now. We might, we might be able to play <laughs> play like Terra Mystic or something as a nap time game down the road. Yeah. No, but for me, um, it's it's games that you can still get that fulfilling game experience, but get it set up quick um, and, and done before Sir wakes Before up buddy wakes up yeah and wants to start uh grabbing at pieces and 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 whatnot and, and all that i'm jazz. just waiting i know one day we're gonna have we're gonna come down he's gonna have like some sort of cube shoved up his nose or something <laughs> i just know it i know it so so starting it off i think the game i mean not surprising that it's on this list because it's probably our favorite game um is eminent domain which is perfect for many reasons and when we got this game we played the crap out of this game we, no, she's not kidding like that's like when i used to track our plays on bgg and i i'm pretty sure within the first three months that we owned it we had logged something silly like 30 or 35 plays yeah with eminent domain well because it's super quick but it's well, so that's, like i wouldn't say it's super quick but it's for us it is well yeah we're to the point now where it's like super quick. We know exactly what we want to do. We know what technology cards we want to do. And it's deck builder, which we love. <laughs> it's, but it's, it's, it's a deck builder, but it's not like, that's one of the things that I like about it is that it's, it marries like deck building it's and a action deck selection builder and re deconstructor. How about that? There you go. <laughs> so, but yeah, just it's, it's easy to get to the table. Once you have your, your setup system organized in the, in the box, you can, you can bust it out really easily. Funnily enough, we use Gerber containers, empty baby food containers to house most of our pieces hey, in our games. We had a ton of them. They so. work perfect. So if you guys, if you stock up the little teeny ones, the first foods, those are perfect. So stock up on those. I agree because they're, <laughs> they're excellent. Um, but yeah, Eminent Domain, like I said, you, you get a lot of good game experience in that like 45 minute window yeah and typically by the time that we're wrapping up and it's about to come to the end of the game he's we here stirring <laughs> yeah <laughs> and getting up now one that one that you suggested that actually i was surprised this is because the setup time um is a little bit longer was trains another another deck building game 
But if you and your partner have a set strategy to set up, like you do this while I'm doing this, mm-hmm. that cuts down on setup time. And that's why I figured, because I mean, that's what we do. Like you're dealing with the cars, I'm setting up the map and getting the other things put together while we're, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then you're like, okay, here's the cars we need. And I start pulling them out. Well, I, I think also the inclusion um, with the ex- the Rising Sun expansion of the two-player two maps. maps. Yes, you have to play it with the two-player map, I think. Well, with two players, yeah, I would say. I, it's, it's, a more, it's a better... Well, are you really going to have a four-player nap time game? Uh, who knows? You never know. You might have friends <laughs> over that, uh, you know, messing around with it. But uh, I, I think that speeds up the game the, the slightest bit. It doesn't, it doesn't do it incredibly so. I really enjoy having the two-player maps, though, because it makes it so much more fun. Because What's a better game with, with those maps well, for two players? And that, because we like to play cutthroat, because mm. that's how we are as a couple. Well, and, and, and <laughs> trains, again, um, it's, it's essentially Dominion with a board as well. Um, and, yeah, with, that, with those four-player maps, like, you can really go run and hide Essentially, yeah. you can kind of play away from each other, and that kind of loses the the spirit of the game. I think a little bit that game is meant to be where you're getting Meanwhile, each other's ways. Meanwhile, we get on the four player map, and we're like, <laughs> and "Okay, I'm right going to start." I'm like, "Where are you starting?" And I'm like, "I'm going to start right next to you, and I'm going to mess with you the whole game." <laughs> I love I love reading reviews of games, and they're like, "Oh, you know, two play, you know, some couples might not like this because it's really cutthroat." Like that that's a that's <laughs> that, like, that peaks my that's interest. a prerequisite for us. <laughs> I feel like. It needs to be cut 30. Um, another one, that, one of my personal favorites that I love to get to the table during nap time is Abyss. And the, yeah, this one, again, just the, the play, it's it's where the the play time is, is really where it's at yeah. with this one because you it we doesn't overstay its like, welcome. And I think we get this one most times, 45 minutes, sometimes an hour if, mm-hmm. you know, we go a little longer. But it's, uh, it's one of those, it's a set collection kind of thing and you have to, you know, Kind of manage your uh, manage like your the, hand of cards. Like you, you're getting. Well, no, I'm thinking more about the lords that you acquire. Yeah, well, you do have to like manage that. those because <laughs> certain, like the so your abyss, you're, like you said, is a set collection game. It has like a like an aquatic. That's not that's not aquatic. a word. Aquatic. Wow. <laughs> aquatic. Aquatic. Aquatic theme under the sea. Yes. Where you're you're basically collecting different races of of sea sea life, and they have the it's it's like a fantasy setting of some sort. So there's these lords that are aligned with the different fat the, the different races, races essentially, and they all have like a special ability. But they also have these some of the lords have these keys on them, and when you collect three keys, there's a stack of locations that will give you bonus points at the end of the game as well, um, which is. Uh, one of the, one of the ways you can earn points in there, but yeah, that's that one works really well also, and that one's like the the setup for that's super easy because it's literally two decks of cards and a few tokens and a board, and then mm-hmm. and then you go. And so yep, it's, it's and it's wonderful. Um, the one of the ones that you suggested that I was actually surprised just because from the length, um, I didn't think belonged on this list, but it's the Manhattan Project. Yes, but we have busted it out during nap time. The pro the thing is, you have to have just two people. And you have to be well versed in how the gameplay goes in order to do this. Well, and that's why I was surprised to see it because this so Manhattan Project's a pretty basic like worker placement game. Like it really is, a, it is. like a simple worker placement game. But, but it it's can be very meaty, and it, you you have a lot of decisions to make when you play it. Well, it can be very 
if, if you have someone prone to AP, um, it's not a good. Nap yeah, time you could game. definitely you could definitely suffer. <laughs> Limit that one. the AP, and you're good to go. Because on your turn, like especially if you have a lot of stuff on your personal player board, you could place like a ton of different workers out and do like a combination of different things. Well, that's why I said that you should be well versed in the gameplay. And like yeah. I said, I feel like we. Well, you're right. No, we did. We did definitely. Uh, it it took about forty five minutes the last time that we played it, so it certainly and could work. Literally, as at well, as Brad won the game, I hear <laughs> on the baby monitor, and I was like, "Look, perfect timing." Yep. <laughs> and then I had to clean up, so go figure. Yeah. <laughs> you, you were at that. You were at that chair faster than that's faster what than you get flash. for winning. <laughs> that's right. It's supposed to be the loser that cleans up. <laughs> we should start making that a rule. But then again, I'd have to clean up a lot. So I don't know. That's so good. <laughs> so um. Imperial Settlers is one that has worked well. Yeah. Also, that's love that game. Uh, it's because there's a lot. Like there's just so much to do. I'm very much looking forward to expansions for said game. Well, you saw the the Atlanteans, Atlanteans I'm expansion. Like, ah! Yeah. Very I'm very unique uh, end game thing that they have. I told you that, right? What? They're they're the so their whole thing at the end of the game is when they all their faction buildings sink and you don't score points for them. So like you have to score all of your points during the game with them essentially that's cool but i'm sure they have lots of different ways that they can oh i'm sure they can, they can score so. points left and right yeah but that's that's another one again like like with imperial settlers i, was, I remember when we first played it um because the game only lasts for five rounds and the first two rounds usually go pretty quickly because you have limited resources and i'm just like wow this is it like it doesn't seem like you're doing that much and then all of a sudden and then it's like bam here comes everything and you're like wow okay once you've been stockpiling and and your production engines are going and stuff like that really cool game and yeah like you said we i'm looking forward to the expansion um we still haven't played it since we got the the little mini expansion for it no but we've been talking about getting it to the table and Mm -hmm. getting it to the table soon speaking of card games that you happen to like a lot is is Deus a newer one that we've picked up that is that we works bought this well game this. when we went to Unpub this year and we just fell in love with it and like yeah, we've played it a lot it's it's <laughs> funny because like I remember we played it I think the day after and then like two days later we're sitting here baby went to bed I'm like he's like what do you want to play I was like is it sad that I want to play Deus again and then like it just kept coming up like at least once a week we were playing it because mm-hmm. it was just that good. Well, it's great. I mean, again, here's one of those hand management games, kind of tableau, tableau building builder. games. You can and area control <laughs> also to, some, to a to point. To some extent, yeah. Well, you have to have control of the area to get the little village points. If if that's yeah. your stra- if that's your strategy. Not necessarily a viable strategy for everybody in that game. But you also need to control certain areas to get the full value of some well, of your yeah, cards. You d- well, yeah, it's because... Well, see, I love games that give you that... Options. Adaptive... Well, it's 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 like adaptive strategy, basically. Like, you have to adapt based on what options you're given with cards that you draw. That's why... like, and, and which, is, which makes me confused as to why I can't stand Race for the Galaxy because Race for the Galaxy works in a very similar fashion, aside from the iconography There's argument. too much going on in Race for the Galaxy. Roll for the Galaxy is much better. That's another one we could probably get in during nap time. Probably. Probably. It's, it's, I, I feel like that one's not quite as good with two players, though, especially after we played it. With four, with and four, it was yeah, wonderful. It was pretty, yeah. it was pretty great. Um, but yeah, Deus is really good. And like I said, it's that one again, the setup time's easy because it's you have a deck of cards, you have these little map tiles, and you, and have, you have your little wooden tokens, tokens and that's and then you just go and that's basically Well, and it. we use our uh our what our treasure chest that we got from Stonemeyer mm-hmm. 
to for most of the resources because you know why not it's awesome <laughs> now now curveball one that you suggested and i was so happy that you did because i was thinking about it when we were coming up quantum. with games quantum is an amazing abstract some people have called it a 4x game i don't really see that i mean i understand why they're why they say it that way but um quantum's a, a game where you have Dice. dice that represent certain types of ships basically and you you can move them around this map you're trying to um i guess settle planets in in the solar system you're trying to poop your quantum cubes well, onto the board i mean it, yeah in a practical sense but you do <laughs> you settle these planets by having a numerical value of ships that match the planet's um, value. value, basically, that they have, which is, uh, which is a neat way to do it. And you can attack, like, the game encourages attacking other players. Um, and, and like I said, each numbered face on the die is a different type of ship, and each ship has with it a special ability, like the fives are interceptors, and they can move diagonally through the board, and the threes have the ability to, like, warp and switch places with another one of your ships and stuff like that. But the two-player game can, like, the three- and four-player game for this one can actually go on quite a ways. Like, this right. like, is easily a 90-minute game, but with two players, you can We can rock it out in about 45 minutes. Maybe even sometimes less than that, depending on just how the circumstances of the game goes. I know we've had really short games. I think we've definitely busted out a couple 30 minute ones, mm -hmm. but still, but like, I feel like in, especially in quantum, you do, but it doesn't feel like a filler. Like, a well, 30, no, you do like a lot fillers, in the game. Fillers to me is like 15 to 30 minutes. And, but even though we had those 30 minute games, I felt like we got a full game experience out of it. You know what I mean? Well, and we've had some epic, epic quantum moments like just like you know a game that you know you know you have to blow up the other person's ship and it comes down to like a, like a stand-up die roll and and you manage to to go it forward no, i think my favorite was the time i'm sitting on like i was i was sitting on i had one cube left i'm sitting on five dominance mm. and then uh, which is another way that you can and then cubes. i was like there's no way i'm gonna win this i'm like all right fine i'm gonna attack your ship and i won and got the six dominance placed my cube and i won the game and he's like son of a bee <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic yeah but it, it has a lot of those moments in the game and especially or when you like figure out like a coup to get your last cube what on the I board really that your like opponent doesn't is, see it's one of those ones where it makes you think like say two to three moves ahead Mm -hmm. because you really have to look down the pipeline to see what's coming and anticipate what your opponent is going to do because if you don't you know they're just going to run all over you yep because you have to and you also have to look at what the other person's doing as well and be able to predict their future moves because you have to kind exactly. of instruct them as much as possible the last one that i put on the list and this one has a little bit longer of a setup time um but once you get the once game get flowing yeah. it, it works well and that's suburbia um, from Bezier Games, which um, is sort is a city building game, um, but just amazingly so. Like Castles of Mad King Ludwig, which is also from the same publisher and is very a very similar style game, has been getting a lot of buzz. But man, I think Suburbia has been undersold in that argument because I just think it's it's really great. Um, basically, when you're putting out these buildings, they all are of different types, and they can you can combo off of other buildings that you or even that your opponents have with some of these buildings depending like, on the wordage on the tiles well and the thing the thing that i love the most about this is I, i'm a sucker for a strong theme and for a game that is a tile laying game and like the tiles just have pictures of buildings and it, it looks very much like a game the buildings are like super 
thematic they feel like to me at least like you have Why? because you have like the car lot and you have the you know airports and all that kind of stuff well, or well it's well not only that but also what they do like you have the fast food restaurant which is more valuable when you place it next to residential areas or you have like the the car the new car lot which when you first place it you get a ton of money but then as other people open car dealerships it's worth less and less as you go along which is very or like thematically the one, um, appropriate the business supply store mm-hmm. as you open office bill as other people open office buildings you keep getting money from it yeah because like they're, that. they're yeah. shopping it and like like you know airports are worth less if you place them next to residential areas because no one wants to live next to the airport and, and then and, there's certain things if you put them next to schools it's better and mm-hmm. parks are better for schools and yeah. yeah so like it has all these like inner interlocking mechanisms that uh that work really well together. And then it has an expansion that brings in borders. And I think I made quite possibly one of the worst ones ever <laughs> because I had a line of schools and I put a radioactive <laughs> area next to the schools, but I needed the money. I needed the money bad. <laughs> well, see, and that part's great. It's like you play this like corrupt shitty official who has this like, like Mr. Burns comes in and wants to open his power plant right next to, right next to your school district. Yes. And you're like, why do you need the money? So we're good. <laughs> We're fine, but it's uh yeah, Suburbia is a great game and, and I, I'm glad that King Ludwig is getting a lot of attention, but man, I think a lot of people missed Suburbia and should definitely still check it out because it's like we haven't played Castles of King Ludwig, but it Suburbia just hits that itch so well for us that mm-hmm. I don't know if I even feel compelled to really even do that at all like we've had the opportunity to get in we just never and now we can play it with the grip man and i cannot knock my city to pieces all the time that's right absolutely <laughs> so so uh, any other ones that you can think of off the top of your head i know we we went through our list that we had uh i mean this is this is my pretty solid list here that i, I mean most I, of these are exactly what we go to every time i mean i would also put a mention in for san juan though for us that might even almost border in on filler territory yeah. because we can like that one's like 30 minutes and done yeah. essentially for us. Um, we can do Ascension, but I know you didn't want to put it on the list, but we can do Ascension in this amount of time. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I didn't want to put it on the list because we, we had a couple of deck building games on the list already. So Hun, I didn't that's our up. bread and butter. I we know love it is. Deck builders. But, but I, but I don't want anyone as someone out there that hates deck builders be like, oh my god, like they keep talking about deck building games. Oddly enough, no Feld games on there. Like we talked about Feld last week. I, I don't like maybe Bruges could work in that sense. Like that's uh, yeah, probably the it, only that's one. Probably because like you know I you know my love for Trajan mm-hmm. and and how much I do love that game, but it just won't work. It takes too long. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just trying to think of any ones that just pop. I mean, in the La head. Isla, we could probably do. Probably could do that one. That one. That one has a bit of a setup though. though. Oh no, not God, not <laughs> Aquasphere. Not ever. I mean, I feel like that game, um, the game Spike that we got recently could mm-hmm. find its way in the rotation there. That's like a like Ticket to Ride plus, basically. Well, I said, you know, I was just thinking it was Ticket to Ride when you said Spike, and it was like, oh, train games. Ticket to Ride we could probably do. Yeah. That's feasible. Yeah, I mean, that, and that would probably fit well into that... Uh, well, in that time wheelhouse, but I mean, it's but essentially like just a game like it's got to be a game that really gives you that feeling that you that you did something, you know, meaty, I guess, because it's like for us, like we have a weird definition of fillers, I think, than some other people like for us, Splendor is a filler game. Like it's not a game that we're like, all right, we're going to play Splendor tonight. Like, no, Splendor is like, OK, we need something to break up 
you know, between these two big games. Yeah, and this guy's sitting table. across from me. Can I just tell you, he has beaten me. We've played Splendor, I know, 15 times. He's beaten me once. Yeah. Because every time he's like, oh, I know what she's going to do. I know what she's going to do. And he keeps taking the cards. And then he's just like, then I'm just like next to her. I'm like, and I win. Well, it's funny because when we like, played, when we <laughs> played more than two players, I always win. But yeah, just against you, I don't know. Oh. And, and, she, and she always gets me the turn before I would win. Like if I had one more turn, I would win. And she always gets the last one. I snatched defeat from the jaws of victory once again. <laughs> <laughs> So, but, uh, but yeah, so those are our list of nap time games. Uh, if you guys have some ones that you like to also play when yes, your kids please, go to sleep, let us know. Please give us suggestions. Yeah. We're we'll, always uh, looking for new suggestions. We are always looking for that Especially stuff. Especially now that he's given us a little more of a window. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's it for this week. That's our show. So thanks again for listening. Um, we hope that you enjoy what we're doing. I know that we're having a good time putting it together and I'm talking actually, about it. I'm actually feeling a bit more comfortable doing this now. Yeah. Well, you get comfortable. Because I kind of feel like I know what I'm doing now. Absolutely. So, uh, but yes, thanks for checking us out. I appreciate the positive feedback that we've been getting from a bunch of you guys online, um, which is great. Can, you know, keep that coming. It's always good to hear. Um, and again, just a reminder, uh, part of the Nerdpocalypse Studios Network, we'll talk uh, this week, actually some stuff going on there. So I was a guest on the Nerdpocalypse podcast uh, this week, which you can also find uh, as you're listening to this, it should be live and, and able to be listened to. Also, the video game podcast that I host, Dense Pixels, uh, we are doing our 100th episode next, next week. week. Yeah. I can't believe it's been 100 episodes already. I can't either. It's, it's been more than two years. That's crazy. I know. I remember when you came, you were like, I'm going to do a video game podcast <laughs> with a bunch of guys. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I can't believe it's been more than two years. And I can't believe that we're already at triple digits, So, which is a pretty cool milestone to be hitting um they also have a new episode of black and black cinema coming out which is after earth which i've heard Wouldn't that is be a hilarious after earth? well yeah. it's will smith <laughs> it's will and smith. he says earth uh apparently the episode's hilarious so i definitely <laughs> recommend checking that out well i'm sorry but those guys are hilarious mm-hmm. no matter what <laughs> and then on the premium side of things um a new episode of airing grievances airing grievances rather comes out this week as well as uh i think a new look forward comes out next week as well so look forward look forward to that sorry that, that was not intentional ha, ha. not intentional you just at all. pulled an emily i did i did but not on purpose <laughs> not on purpose but yeah so check those out um and again reach us reach out to us online um facebook and twitter are the best ways and again look follow us on instagram you can see pictures from our board game and nights. you can get us on itunes now finally yes yeah and like i said if you do leave us a five-star review um we will be happy to read it on the air so if you have something you'd like to plug you can expertly throw that in there as well and we will uh we, we will shamelessly that. plug away that's right because we have no shame no. <laughs> we're gonna just go ahead and advertise away. and we love to promote our fellow nerds mm-hmm. so but yeah but th- again thanks a lot for listening um we definitely appreciate it and we will see you guys in a couple weeks bye, bye.